When Shades Assemble This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. When Shades Assemble by Marjorie Benton Cook Narration by Pamela Krantz Characters Lady Macbeth Read by Christine G. Portia Read by Charlotte Duckett Juliet Read by Amanda Friday Ophelia Read by Eden Ray Hedrick Scene The Afterworld Enter Lady Macbeth and Portia Good morrow, Lady Portia, Cater's daughter, Wife of that Brutus who did slay great Caesar. Why stalk you here among the shades alone? Such words as slayer sound but ill, methinks, Upon the lips of guilty Cordor's wife. My Brutus was a martyr, Who did read signs of the time Which others dared not see. The blood he shed was shed in duty's name, So say not slayer's wife again to me. Thou who didst lure beneath thy roof King Duncan, And with thy two blood-stained hands didst, With thy husband's aids, and foul connivance, Kill, stab, and murder thy king. Enough, enough, fair Portia, this sufficeth. Our husbands may have had their little faults, No doubt we had our little vices too, But here among the shades, where friends are few, Let us not waste the hours in angry speech, But join our forces, that we may not be dependent for all social intercourse upon Ophelia and that youngster Juliet, who even now approaches from the dusk. Enter Juliet and Ophelia. Dear me, Ophelia, but this life is slow. Why, when I lived at fair Verona's court, my every day was filled with gracious sport. Can I forget that ball my father gave, when first I set my eyes on Romeo? Methinks that we have heard that tale before. Beware, there's Goro's dame who gossips so. Lord, we know what we are, but know not what we may be. How should I, my true love, know from another one? I is that and stout, and is Ophelia, my dear, know you no other songs? Alas, sweet lady, and alas, Black. Why, at Verona's court, the troubadours were wont to dedicate their songs to me. Alas, we can't escape Verona's court. Dost think we'd rather hear of Cawdor's house and Duncan's death, and see you wash your hands, and hear your thrilly speeches about blood? Not I, for one, nor Mad Ophelia here. I'd rather sit and hear Ophelia sing, and that's not very cheerful, you'll admit. Thou impudentest child among the shades! The raven himself is horse that can outcroak you, just as the valour of thy saucy tongue. Begone about thy business. Get thee hence. Be not impatient with the child, my lady. She is young yet. And, poor soul, she died for love. Yes, and I'm sorry I was such a fool. Oh, why did I not wed the Count of Paris instead of joining Romeo in the tomb? But Romeo loves thee still. Yes, Romeo does. Why, at the time when all the heroes are let in to spend the day with their lost wives and loves, what think ye then this Romeo does? Well, what doth he? He sits all day and holds Ophelia's hand. How shall I thy true love know 
The Montagues were ever fickle loves. I care not that he pays Ophelia court, but this is hard, that I must have Lord Hamlet, being or not to being, at my side, discoursing on man's capability, and talking ghosts until my very spine is chilled, and every hair doth rise, like quills upon the fretful porcupine. How dare you use a speech that's not your own? Oh, I'm so glad he doth speak thus with thee. For I was ever much afeard of him. He said to get me to a nunnery. Oh, woe is me to have seen what I have seen. See what I see. He is dead and gone, lady. He is dead and gone. Methinks Ophelia is a simple thing. I would sometimes I could escape my thane. The days he is allowed to visit me, I grow weary of retaliation. That bickering, outworn face, I told you so. Children, dear lady, I was the fate has been for centuries, the face of limelight and glare. And in the world of mortals, still the young do play Juliet and Ophelia's parts. And murder worse than that of Cordor's thane is yearly done in our splendid lines. Yet, spite of this, we ever do remain heroes and heroines of classic lore. What matter then? If in this dim beyond some private woes and family bickerings do mar the tenor in our ways, this is the penalty we pay for fame, a fame which even elocutionists have failed to ruin and entirely mar, a fame which, though idle shattering world may try, it cannot rob us of, it still needs us. O oh, ladies, let's in silence bear the wounds of private life, and let us turn a smiling face unto the shades without. End of when shades assemble by marjorie benton cook